This is the happy hour. You guys going to happy hour? Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. Yeah, maybe I'll come for a couple. Here are your hosts, Nick Sainert. I want to know what it's like to commit a crime without having to spend time in jail. And Enrique Alvarez Cleary. C is for chunk. Brought to you by Empire Fence and Netting on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome in. Happy Wednesday. This is the happy hour. 93.7 The Ticket. Theticketfm.com. Nick Sainert and Enrique Alvarez-Clary hanging out with you guys. Rico, what's up? Hello. How's it going? Happy National Signing Day. It is to everyone but football. For everybody but football. It's National Signing Day. Um, Husker Men's Hoops got Eli Rice, a three-star out of IMG Academy. He's mm-hmm. officially in. Um, we will We will break down... A lot more. Yeah, there's a lot going on. I've just been, if you go to my Twitter, at Radio Rico AC, I'm just retweeting every time somebody signs to a, to a sport that um, pops up on my Twitter for Nebraska. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of softball, a lot of volleyball, uh, basketball, two women's basketball, and some soccer. Yeah, there's so a lot far. There's a lot of excitement around, obviously, volleyball, which we will get to in the middle segment yeah, here. we'll get to that. Um, because we just have to talk about the talent that's coming in in this class um in 2023 because it is wild but as you guys know 402-464-5685 the honda looking hotline the starter Heyman text line both those open for you guys the entire show today um as well as the starter Heyman jewelers video stream facebook youtube twitch and twitter um all those avenues open for you guys to incorporate your thoughts in the show got a doozy of a first segment here um lots of thoughts as this Quarterback controversy, if you want to call it that, I think that's an accurate word to use because it's the weirdest quarterback controversy involving backups. Yeah, that's, if, that's if, the if thing. we if we had to take a guess, if I had to take a stab at it, I would assume that Casey Thompson is going to be unavailable on Saturday against Michigan. So that's what it sounds like. So with that thought going forward, we had turn our attention once again to this whole Chubba Purdy Logan Smothers debacle. Um, because we we heard from Mickey Joseph yesterday, kind of talk about how he and Mark Whipple need to figure out this offense a little bit more. How they need to, if they're running the ball, you know, success, successfully, excuse me, they need to stick with it, especially against a team like Michigan that can basically do anything. They can beat you. Uh, Bill Bush talked about it today. They can beat you, obviously, on the ground game with one of their one of the best running backs in the entire country, and Blake Corum who's getting Heisman votes. Um, I would even go as far as saying in terms of national respect compared to while taking into account Chase Brown and Muhammad Ibrahim, Blake Corum gets more than them. Yeah, I would say that Blake Corum is probably... Not de- no, Blake Corum is definitely the yeah. most well-known yeah. Big Ten running back outside of Big Ten circles. Like if you ask somebody about, yeah. if you ask anybody who who isn't you know plugged into the Big Ten who the best running back in the conference is, Blake Corum's name is going to be right there. Well, and, and so it's Blake Corum, right? And, and the reason that it's probably not Travion Henderson. Travion's been banged up quite he a bit. Played a lot. He he's been banged up quite a bit. Mayan Williams. Um, has been kind of uh, taking over that starting rule for for Ohio State. So that's why Trevion Henderson, obviously the uh, former five-star recruit out of Virginia, is not talked about as much as he has been um, in, in years past. But here's the thing, Blake Corum. 
So just to kind of give you guys an idea uh, of how dangerous Blake Corum is, you, I mean, a lot of Husker fans will probably remember him from, from the game last year. But this season, 199 carries, 1,200 yards, 16 touchdowns. Averaging on the season, six yards per carry. Uh, th- this guy, and, and here's that's the thing: dis- that's disgusting. That's a disgusting of an average, and and the fact that he has six, the fact that Chase Brown, I believe, still leads the country in rushing yards and only has f- six touchdowns, mm-hmm. whereas Blake Corum has fourteen. It is just wild. It's just a, it's just a crazy stat to think of that he's not even leading the country in rushing yards. He's averaging six yards a carry. Well, and I, w- I would add this: you might be saying, "Well, Nick Rico, it's because they played some crappy non-con opponents." He has gone over 109 rushing yards in every single conference game. He was held in, in conference action this season. He was held to his fewest amount of yards last Saturday against Rutgers. He had 20 carries, 109 yards, two touchdowns. Um, let me just read off these statistics here. First conference game against Maryland, 30 carries, 243 yards, two touchdowns against Iowa. 29 carries, 133 yards, a touchdown. Indiana, 25 carries, 124 yards, and a touchdown. At home against the 10th-ranked Penn State Nittany Lions, 28 carries, 166 yards, two touchdowns. Against Michigan State, 33 carries, 177 yards, one touchdown. Then, like I said uh, last Saturday on the road at Rutgers, 20 carries, 109 yards, two touchdowns. And in the non-con games, here's games, here's what's funny, like, Against he's under a hundred yards in all three of them, but it's because they were blowing out their opponents. Yeah, they, he didn't need to run a lot. No, so like here's the thing: in non-con games, he he barely played it at all compared to nowadays. Um, Thirteen carries in the first game, nine carries in the second game, twelve carries in the third game. Still had seventy-six, eighty-eight, and seventy-one yards respectively. So in here's the thing, guys. Um, Michigan is nine and zero. In their six conference games, I guess we can just you gotta math it out. We can just do this. So he has 952 yards rushing in conference games alone. So in conference action, I don't, I don't want this. Do you even have a guess with all Average, those numbers? Yeah, per game, he's averaging six on the year. Yards I'm gonna per go. Game. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Is it over that? No, not not yards per carry. No, y- oh, yards. Oh, yards, yards per, per game. game. Yards per game in just conference. 177. Close. 159. Ah, dang it. Blake Corum is averaging 159 yards per game. And, and think about this. Just on the scale, on, on to bring it back to Nebraska, to bring it back and tie it back into the Huskers, we freaked out going in or after North Dakota when Anthony Grant was averaging 120. We freaked that was, out. That was great. We were like, oh, they're committing to the run. We they're, freaked that's out. That's what they're doing. Nebraska's running the ball. It's great. We're all – can you imagine what this state would be like if, if their running back was averaging 150, 150 yards per carry after nine games? Game. Yeah. 159 per game in conference play alone. In conference play alone, Blake Corum, which which you could argue are the more, more difficult games, mm-hmm. right? Blake Corum – the starting running back for the Michigan Wolverines, averaging 159 yards uh, per game. Five foot eight, 210 pound junior. I, he he's magnificent. Remember when um, he was sharing time last year? Yeah, with uh, <laughs> they were splitting reps at running back. I can't remember the name of the guy. 
I'm, I'm I don't I don't either. I'm not even going to pretend. Okay. I'm not even going to pretend to remember. But he, he was splitting time at running back, just like they were splitting time at quarterback. And and now they've got their quarterback, they've got their running back, and and you're sitting there looking at their offense like, oh, this this is nice. This is what you could have had last mm-hmm. year if you would have just committed to JJ McCarthy and, and Blake Quorum. Although their other running back was also pretty solid. But I, I if I remember correctly, Blake Quorum um, did most of the damage. Uh, so f- for them last year in in 2021 he had 144 carries for 952 yards 6.6 yards per carry 11 touchdowns he he hurts you more in the passing game last year he's their pass back 24 catches 141 yards and a touchdown this season he only has eight catches for 37 yards well, i wouldn't pass it to him either i just hand it off to him it's a lot it's a lot quicker to get the ball to that's him right if you're just give it hassan haskins Hassan thank haskins. you dirty tony and the thank boys you that's right um it's awesome. I mean, it's crazy. Downtown Scott says Quorum came out as a surprise against us, didn't he? Uh, we we can go back to his twenty twenty one. I don't believe here. so. I think they were splitting time the entire the entire season and game log. Blake Quorum. I, I Blake Quorum might have been the one that hurdled somebody in the Nebraska game. So here's what's crazy about it. And as we got pointed out on the text line, he we were splitting time with Hassan Haskins yeah. last year, um, who's in the league. Here's Blake Corum in the first couple games. 14 carries for 111 yards, 21 carries for 171 yards, 13 carries for 125 yards. In those three games, he had eight touchdowns last season. In the first three games of the season. <laughs> and, and so then they still decided to not go with him as the starter after those three games. Mm-hmm. Against Nebraska... He, I mean, honestly, for for Blake Corum, I, I'd be thrilled if Nebraska is able to hold him to this statistic oh, this Saturday. Thirteen carries, eighty nine yards, and a touchdown. Mm, just I would be thrilled. Terrible. It is bad, but um, yeah, no. I mean, downtown Scott says I just meant we were focused on Haskins and Corum gashed us big time. I, oh. I think so. I mean, yeah. Well, yes, yes. You, I mean, eighty nine. You, you were worried. You were worried about a lot of guys on on Iowa last year, Michigan, or Michigan. Iowa. What the that was world? a that was a weird. Step that was up. weird. Um, against uh, against Michigan last season. But once again, four zero two four six four five six eight five. The Honda Lincoln Hotline. The Starter Hammond Text Line. We, we tomorrow will be Michigan Day. We'll dive deep. Um, Jimmy Watkins of the Omaha World Herald will um be will be joining us tomorrow um to talk a little Husker hoops. But in the first segment, we'll dive deep on on Michigan. Um. So, all right, let's go ahead and dive into some of the stuff that we heard over the last couple of days since we didn't get to it yesterday from Mickey Joseph and then today from Mark Whipple. And getting into this backup quarterback you know, debacle conversation, if you will, let's just go ahead and start it out with this. Yesterday, Mickey Joseph was asked, you know, what do you have to do this week against Michigan to be successful, especially when Anthony Grant was running the ball so well and you as a team weren't passing it well or catching it well because you had a lot of wide receivers that that were dropping them um, quite often. And he answered that they, that he said, we have to do a better job. And he was asked, who is we? And and he said, he mentions conversations between he and Whipple. (laughs) I hate when that happens. Here we go. We, me, you know, the coaches, the kids not calling the plays. We are. (laughs) So is that a conversation you have with Whipple? Absolutely. We had that conversation. How'd it go? That's between me and Whipple. So there you go. Um, just as simple as that. Which I mean, it's good. There, were, there was no doubt that there's going to be conversations that are being had and, and need to be had because it's necessary. Uh, first of all, I, you'd be more concerned if there weren't 
conversations. Um, and second of all, Nebraska needs to figure out something if they even want to have a remote shot at getting a bowl game. Um, they need to win out. And I mean, your it's, offense it's a tall been, task this weekend. Your offense has, has been kind of stagnant mm-hmm. without Casey Thompson in there. So, yeah, there's definitely conversations that need to be had between the, the offensive coordinator and the interim head coach. So the, the fact that they are having the conversations isn't surprising, but it is good to hear. Um, and, you know, we don't need, we don't need Here, to know how, what, what, well, those conversa- no, no. what came out of those conversations. Here's what's interesting is over the last couple of weeks when we've seen more Chubba Purdy than Logan Smothers in – that those decisions have been criticized, and because of how things have turned out and the play has been on the field, probably rightfully criticized. Um, and the decision making to keep, you know, to stick with Chubba Purdy at times rather than going with Logan Smothers, who might have a little more experience, has been at Nebraska more, maybe a little bit more of a dynamic player. Although we did see Chubba Purdy was able and capable of using his feet he to can, a certain extent. You can put him up and put him down. It, it was it was weird how last Saturday kind of unfolded because. We came into that game specifically um, thinking, all right, there, there's probably going to be a little bit of both. We're, we're probably going to see a little bit of both in um, in Chubba Purdy and Logan Smothers. Logan Smothers, obviously, in our eyes going into Minnesota, was the better runner, and Chubba Purdy, in our eyes going into Minnesota, was the better passer, as we all kind of kind of know and, and have, have known for a while or believed. And then you saw how the game kind of unfolded. And Chubba Purdy, on one hand, Happy feet in the pocket. What just never got never got comfortable. Never looked comfortable. No, he didn't look which, like which he, is which was a build off of the previous game. Yeah, he didn't look like he was he was very prepared to be in that situation. Not prepared. It, it just like you said, he didn't look comfortable in the pocket with everybody, all the bodies going around him and the, and the offensive line uh, trying to get blocks. I know that there was talk about how Donovan Riola was upset on the sideline because mm-hmm. Chubb, at one point Chubba Purdy didn't step up into the pocket because the offensive line had created a, an area for him to step up. He didn't step up. He tried to roll out. And I think that might have been one of the two sacks that, that – uh, one of the four sacks, two sacks on Chubba Purdy that the defense got. Well, and I guess let me let me take a step back for a moment. He looked comfortable on the first drive where they used a heavy dose of Anthony Grant. Well, you know you know exactly where you're going to go. The plays are scripted yeah, on that first drive. Exactly. You know, you know who's going to get the ball. You know where you're going to throw the ball. You know exactly you know what's going on. But then after that, you gotta you know you're you're you're, you're playing against whatever the defense is throwing at you, as opposed to you know this is what we're going to do and this is where you're going to go with the ball. Well, and if you remember when we talk about scripted plays. Um, I want to pull up the if I can get it quick enough. I want to pull up the Nebraska Northwestern because you'll remember this offense and this offensive staff more specifically has been just fine when it comes to the opening drive of either the first half and or the second half. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'll never forget in the game against Northwestern that first drive. The, the first drive for Nebraska was as smooth as butter I mean it, it was it was gorgeous two deep passes on the right side of the field yeah and and you had a little bit you had Trey Palmer who caught the first ball of the season then you had the the complimentary football with with Anthony Grant as well going with Casey Thompson and then they struggled they sputtered mm-hmm. and then coming out of the second half Nebraska had a good drive um, right out of the locker room because, once again, you were able to script plays. You were able to make those initial adjustments in the locker room. And that was under Scott Frost. So then you change the head coach and you go interim with Mickey Joseph. And now what have we seen these last couple weeks? You've been able, same story, just different game, different head coach. You've been able to script plays out of the locker room. And then the second half, you sputtered. You don't have the back end of, of coming out strong in the second half, but... 
it, it's been it's been extremely frustrating. And you could argue that the, comf- the 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 most comfortable that we've seen Chubba Purdy all season long was in the first drive of the game last week when they handed it off to Anthony Grant eight, nine, ten times. If mm-hmm. I, I can't remember the specific number, so then. Like I said, it was weird how it unfolded last Saturday to where Chubba Purdy looked to use his feet more than anything than Logan Smothers when he had an opportunity to get a third down and five with his feet outside of the pocket. He decided to, he neglected to run the ball and he wanted to show off his arm. And then it brought up a fourth down and, and he eventually got that, that the great ball with an even better catch on the connection to Marcus Washington. He did come out after the game and say he should have yeah. run the ball. He, he wasn't really sure what, what he was thinking in the mm-hmm. moment. He, he, you know, he believes in his legs. He knows he could have got that first down. But in the moment, I, I mean, I don't know what's going through your head when things are, you know, the bullets are flying, things are live, you've got bodies flying everywhere and... You have a chance to get a first down, but maybe you're thinking, if I don't get this and I had somebody open, because I mean, mm-hmm. if he would have put a little more touch on it, that might have been able, that might have been a catch and a, and a big gain. But you know, then the next play, they end up getting the first down regardless. Yeah. But it, that that situation is burned into people's memories. Yeah. Well, and and here's the deal: is when you are in the middle of a quarterback conversation and you have two guys that not aren't necessarily playing all star football. Every little thing that they do is going to be put under a microscope, and the negative plays will be magnified, and the exceptional plays will be covered up by the bad plays. Mm-hmm. So you you kind of have to take what you see with a grain of salt, I suppose, because like I said, everything's going to be put underneath a microscope. Here's what's interesting. We always hear about guys being gamers, and I want to play a quote from Mickey Joseph and Mark Whipple here. Before we kind of wrap up our conversation, I, are we going to be joined by Lincoln? We are going okay. to be joined by Lincoln Arneal in the next segment to All talk right. about uh, the the national signing day for volleyball, signing the number mm-hmm. one ranked class, and I think signing five uh, five uh, ladies to be a part of the Huskers team next season. Yeah. Okay. So we'll we'll get to Lincoln here in a couple minutes, but let's put a bow on this topic. Um, Mickey Joseph was asked yesterday. Logan Smothers practicing versus games. Is he a gamer? Here's what Mickey Joseph had to say. You're right. I think Logan's more of a gamer, but he's got to practice better, you know. And he he understands that. And Logan Logan is really going to attack this week, trying to be a better practice player. That's that's his goal this week. Now today, Mark Whipple was asked, "Hey, did you hear Mickey Joseph talk about how Logan Smothers might be a gamer?" And here's what Whipple had to say about that. Well, tell Mickey he should be at the defensive side more. <laughs> no, he's been no. He really had his. Best week of practice, and both those guys have had their best week this week. Chubb has been a lot more consistent throughout, but I told that to Logan. I said I had a lot of respect for you. It's not easy to you know maybe start a game and be third, but he stepped up during practice, and he's continued that. And uh, you know he's certainly been around here longer than Chubb does has, but all the the guys have gotten both those guys have gotten great support from from their teammates. So. I don't know what to make I'm, of I'm this. Gonna, I'm going to play Mark Whipple's quote again real quick in a second. Before we do, I want to read off the season statistics for both guys. Yeah, Chubba Purdy, so far this year, 16 of 34, 91 yards, no touchdown passes, three picks. He's also ran. Now, I've taken sacks out of it. Mm-hmm. Taken sacks out of it. So it's it's taking a little bit of math because in, in on ESPN, it, takes, it, it adds it. the sacks into rushing it. yards. Chubba Purdy without sacks, 12 carries, 54 yards on the ground. Okay, and a touchdown, right? Yes, and a touchdown this last weekend. Logan Smothers, 
6 of 11 through the air, 81 yards. So he has completed 10 fewer passes than Chubba Purdy and has 10 fewer yards. He's attempted. He's attempted 23 fewer passes. Jeez. All right, much higher percentage. Yeah. Now, obviously, smaller scale. Yeah, less so, attempts. Yeah, less opportunity. Yeah. Zero touchdowns, zero turnovers. No interceptions, no fumbles. Mm-hmm. He did fumble, but they recovered it mm-hmm. earlier this season. I believe so. I don't. I, I might be did. wrong on that. Either way, zero picks. Let's just do that. Logan has eight carries for 27 yards, not counting sacks. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to bring up that Mark Whipple quote again because if you hear it, he mentions Logan Smothers for a moment and then instantly back reverts back to Chubba Purdy. I don't know what to make of and I d- this. And I don't want to read too much into it. Oh, no, we're definitely going to. But here's the deal. The, the fact of the matter is Mark Whipple and the staff, cause I, I guess, clump them all. Clump them all, because to an extent, I suppose you can you can put the blame or, or put you know associate it with Mickey Joseph. So it's this, on everybody. This, this this staff, this offensive staff, yeah, has elected to stick with Chubba Purdy in times where maybe they should have given Logan Smothers a shot. And here we are, after a game to where Logan Smothers, from a quarterback standpoint, game manager standpoint, managed the game better than Chubba Purdy at a high level. Has not been injured like Chubba Purdy has nope. been. Has not turned the ball over through the air mm-hmm. as Chubba, like Chubba Purdy has. has. Is throwing for a higher percentage. Has just a few, just just a little bit of fewer yards. Um, and has also been here longer. He has more in-game experience. You also have to add into the fact that when you're talking about playing a backup quarterback and you are a team like Nebraska that is so fragile that once one thing goes bad or one negative thing happens, Snowball. you need ball control. And ball control and, and holding on to the football is the most important thing in my mind in this situation that Nebraska's in. So that interception number, as well as mechanics and how they look and what decisions they make, really matter more than anything else in my opinion. But yet, once again, we hear Mark Whipple revert back to how Chubba has had the best week of practice as well. Yeah, I don't want to put words into into Mark Whipple's mouth or or you know just I don't want to put words into his mouth. But, no, but listening to this quote makes it sound as if Mark Whipple's saying, go, "Look, Logan's Logan's played really well. He's practiced really well. But we're still going to go with Chubba. We're still go, go we're ahead still and play it again, and we'll, we'll stop it halfway through. Well, tell Mickey he should be at the defensive side more." <laughs> No, he's been – no, the, the, he, he really had his best week of practice. And both those guys have had their best week this week. Chubb has been a lot more consistent throwing uh, – Stop. There you go. Like, uh, that, that's where – He I, says that Logan's been more consistent, and then he has to make sure he throws in. Chubb has also been consistent, and then he starts talking about Chubba Purdy and, yeah. and not Logan Smothers. When the question was specifically about Logan Smothers being a gamer and, and playing well, better in games than he does practice. And from a coaching standpoint, it's understandable if you do go with the person who's having the better week of practice mm-hmm. than the guy who, who maybe isn't showing up as well uh, in practice. Just because you show up in games, you still have to show up in practice – and show the coaches that you're understanding it, that you're getting it, because how are they going to be able to have faith in you and and believe in what you're going to do during a game day if yeah. you haven't shown it during the week in practice? And I know that that sounds a little silly, given that Chubba Purdy barely practiced before the Illinois game, and they still throw him out there. But, I mean, I, I understand from a coaching's perspective why that would be your thought process. I, I just don't... 
here's the thing. Once again, and this will be the last thing we mentioned because we're going to get to Lincoln in a couple minutes, Tardy, but that's all right. Um, hopefully Lincoln understands. He's okay. um, here's what's crazy about it is we always talk about insanity. And over these last four years, um, <laughs> over these last four years, there's been a lot of things about regarding insanity, doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. And no, nobody, myself included, is exp- are, are expecting Nebraska to be competitive for the entire four quarters in this this Saturday's game. Mm-hmm. Maybe competitive is the wrong word. Have a shot to win it. Be in a position to win in the final minutes of the fourth quarter. That I was going to say, I would be they, shocked. They, they, they can be competitive, but there's just that there might just be a talent gap. I would be as surprised. well as just a physicality gap. I and I know this is going to sound dumb, but I would be surprised if Nebraska isn't in it at halftime. Mm-hmm. It seems as if it seems as if well, every team that Michigan has played is in it at halftime, and yep. then Michigan turns on the Jets. Well, that it, second half is going to be crucial. It is. Well, let's let's look at Nebraska's last couple games, Rico. They've held Chase Brown in check in the first half. They've re- held Muhammad Ibrahim in check in the first half. Mm-hmm. It's been in the second half that Nebraska's gone away from whatever's been working for them, and the other team mm-hmm. has not gone away from their identity. So or here's they the just deal. make subtle changes. Bingo. And Nebraska Bingo. sticks with what was working. I agree. But it doesn't work against the changes that the other team makes. So here's the thing. Um, I do not, and, and I'm, I'm worried about that we are, that I do not want to be in a position in the postgame show on Saturday saying once again for the third week in a row that this staff stuck with Chubba Purdy too long. Mm-hmm. Or even vice versa, because this is not a Chubba Purdy thing. This is not a, a personal vendetta against Chubba Purdy. You can even go vice versa and say if Logan started, yeah, I don't he didn't I, have it. That he didn't have it. It's very obvious right from the get go that we say they stuck with Logan Smothers too long. And there's, as we've said, Rico and I have talked about this week so far, there's no strict line or firm, solid line that you can stand on and say, if he doesn't have this many yards by this point in the game, you got to pull him. It's got to be a feel thing, it's got to be the ebbs and the flows of the game. Um, and, and that's, here's the thing, as brutally honest as we can put it, Mark Whipple, you've been in this thing long enough. You always talk about your, your past experiences, your past jobs, your past stories. Prove it to us that you know how to manage a game in, in the moment. You know what a quarterback who, who has it looks like. Yeah. You know if a quarterback is, is comfortable and in the game and, and, and is going to be able to have what it takes coming down the stretch. You've exactly. been, you've been in the game long enough. You've, you've coached enough quarterbacks. You know what that looks like. But it's time to show it. It's yeah. time to show up and, and and show everybody that you can do it. So once again, all right, uh, let's go ahead and get to break. When we come back, we'll be joined uh, by Lincoln R. Neal, covers Husker Volleyball. Um, it is signing day, the 2023 signing class. We'll, we'll get more in-depth with it, it with a guy that knows it way better than I do, um, Lincoln R. Neal. 2023 class includes the number two, number four, number five, number seven, and number 13 overall players for Husker Volleyball, an absolutely loaded class. They've signed the number one class twice in the last three years. Last year was the only year, was the exception, but they had the number two overall class in the country, so not uh, too far of a step back. <laughs> oh, let's, darn. Let's get back um, on the happy hour here in a couple minutes. We'll be joined by Lincoln Arneal on 93.7 The Ticket. Follow Nick and Enrique on Twitter at Nick underscore Sainert and at Radio Rico AC. More of Happy Hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.